welcome back to another insightful episode of Me and My Health Up. I'm your host, Anthony Harcher. I'm a clinical nutritionist and lifestyle medicine specialist. And today's episode is part two of the previous episode, which was on calorie counting for weight loss. Yes, I shared some insights around the good, the bad, and the ugly in regards to calorie counting for weight loss. And then I said, well, I prefer another approach. My preference is the more intuitive eating approach. It's probably the more advanced approach. I think if you're starting out, calorie counting for weight loss can be helpful just to get some awareness, some level of understanding and education around how many calories are in the foods that you're currently consuming and what's how many calories are in foods in general, just so that you can sort of have a better idea of how many calories you're consuming in a day. And yes, I said it helps with, you know, having an awareness and then setting a target and then working towards achieving that target and then feeling satisfied that you've achieved the target in terms of your 15% less than the calories you typically consume, creating a calorie deficit and therefore you're on the course of weight loss. And I said that was probably a better way to measure your success is how you're going against your actions and towards your target, which was eat less, 15% less calories per day and how you, and you measure yourself against that progress as opposed to measuring yourself on the scales, which can be very confusing and not a good indicator of whether you're making progress towards your goal. So that was a a little brief summary of the episode. Tune into the episode because I give a lot more detail around the upsides, the downsides, and the downright ugly about calorie counting for weight loss. But today's episode is about intuitive eating. And you're probably thinking, what is that? It sounds a bit woo-woo. Well, intuitive eating is getting that mind-body connection, working in harmony for you. So often we're in our minds and we work in our minds because we're educated to think, okay, and it's important to think. However, It is important to have the full integration around thoughts, body, and of course, the soul or heart included in that as well. And this is what intuitive eating is. It is the mind, body, heart, or soul connection and working with your body as opposed to against it and working in harmony with the soul. Okay, so let me share as to how this all works together and how it's all interrelated and interconnected. And I'll start with the intuitive eating part, which is you eat when you're hungry. Okay, it's quite simple. Uh, When you feel that you need some nourishment, those hunger signals are telling you, yeah, it's time to eat. But the important part is it's not always listening to the hunger signals because different triggers can trigger hunger, right? So there's triggers from the environment that can then, you know, that we take through our senses, such as we see a very tasty hamburger or we smell a very tasty hamburger. And then that can initiate a hunger response for us or a desire to have that and you might be already satisfied but you feel this urge that needs satisfying and it's generally that association with that food at that time we get that trigger from the environment through our senses so yes it can be a bit distorted in terms of intuitive eating so it it is a bit of questioning that needs to be asked when you get those hunger signals are are they real or are they just an association with seeing someone else eat or smelling someone else 
else's food and you start thinking about food. And as you know, once you start thinking about food, it becomes more desirable. And particularly, you know, you may have some strong associations around particular foods based on your upbringing and associations that might have brought good times, good memories. And so then if when you eat those foods, it brings back those good times, good memories. And so it's important we have an understanding of where the drive is coming from, whether it's actually a need to eat or, you know, a physiological need to eat, or it's more a temptation based on previous associations. So let's start with how you would get through your day. And so you might wake up in the morning and again, there's things that are going to turn off or downregulate your digestion, switch it down, not really turn it off, but, you know, I guess become less desirable. And those physiological, I guess, cues or drivers are stress. Like, so if you have a very busy morning, you're very time poor and you're running around doing a lot, you won't get hunger signals. But the moment you stop and relax, those hunger signals are most likely going to be triggered if you haven't eaten for quite some time. And so you might not feel like food first thing in the morning because you're running around getting yourself ready for work, you're getting your family ready for work and you're going through all you know all the things you need to do to get to work on time. And so that in itself, that stress of having to meet deadlines could downregulate the need to eat at that time. And it's rightfully so because we shouldn't be eating when we're stressed. We don't want to be throwing down food when we're stressed because it's not going to be digested well. So it's best to make sure that you've got time to relax. And I certainly was sharing this a lot when I was doing these back-to-back corporate consults all day that I had, I've seen people every 15 minutes throughout the day and they'd come in and they would tell me these sort of things about, you know, whether I should skip breakfast, I don't feel like it, is it, you know, is it a good thing? Well, it really depends. And I said to them, ultimately, you don't want to be eating when you're stressed because you're not going to digest the food. It's going to sit there, you're going to get all the signs and symptoms of indigestion. And I was seeing people that were saying, I'm bloating all the time. Then I'd ask the question, uh, like, what are you eating? You know, are you relaxed when you're eating or are you just throwing down food to, to run to the next meeting or to meet the next deadline? And often it was throwing down food to just, you know, slipping it in between meetings or, you know, have an impending deadline that they didn't have much time to consume the food, but they, you know, felt that they needed to consume something. And I often would say probably best not to consume much. If you only got a small window, maybe have a drink of water, piece of fruit, something light uh, that, that's relatively easily, easily digestible as opposed to something that's, you know, a big meal or, you know, a solid meal that you've consumed within a few minutes and then off to the next meeting. Because when you have that, you're going to experience the indigestion sort of feeling because the body's stressed. It's not in digestive mode. It's in fight, flight or freeze mode. And uh, it's, you know, wanting to help you achieve your targets. And essentially, it's not thinking about, you know, I need to digest some food. It's less of a priority. The, The priority is getting safely towards achieving that target or away from that threat as opposed to worrying about that, digesting that food. So really important that you have time to eat. And this is the big intuitive part because when you have time to eat, you're relaxed, you're connected with the food, the digestive enzymes are being excreted and you're more likely to assimilate, digest that food better with less digestive discomfort or 
you know, you shouldn't really have any digestive discomfort if you're eating in a relaxed state and the body's ready to consume food. So that's ultimately the state you want to be in when you eat. And that's an intuitive way. It's that mind-body connection with the food. You're eyeing out the food. You're sighting it. You're looking forward to it. You're smelling it. And this is really helped and facilitated when you're cooking or in, in the preparation of getting food cooked to eat. Because in the preparation phase, we're cutting it up, we're slicing and dicing, and in that the aromas are released from the food which we smell and that smell induce a taste smell and taste are connected and then we can then what that then signals to the body is i need to produce those digestive enzymes that break down that macro nourishment and i need to have them ready for consuming so the body starts preparing itself so you're preparing the food and the body's preparing itself to consume the food and so it's a win-win situation and so this is when i hear this thing i don't have time i think it's really important to make time and actually lock it out in your diary and I'd often share this thing I'd heard from John Howard when he was the Prime Minister was that he never missed a lunch during his Prime Ministership and it was something he was very proud of because he valued his health and well-being yes he exercised every morning I don't think he ever missed his morning walk no matter how busy his schedule was you know he said he never really missed a lunch because he blocked time out for eating and that's really important for health and well-being is that we block time out to do health and well-being as opposed to to just this concept of, you know, I, I should be doing health, but it's not a priority. Well, if health's a priority for you, then make it a priority by blocking time out. Block time out to eat and really connect with the food you're eating. So if you don't have the space in the morning, maybe create some space before you start your day at work or generating some space in the day to consume food and to consume it mindfully. So intuitive eating is mindful eating. It's being mindful in terms of purely present with that food you're about to consume connected with it and then we enjoy it more and the satiation is higher and we end up consuming less because ultimately the fulfillment from food eating food is when we have it in our mouth so when we're scoffing it down we have less fulfillment therefore we need more of it in order to get that fulfillment however if we eat slowly really slowly 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 so that you really enjoy it and you engage it and you embrace Embrace it and you're present with it, then that fulfillment will come quicker and you'll need less of it in order to be fulfilled. And so it's that great sort of way of eating so that you're not really doing without. And this is what I didn't like about the calorie counting is that it typically results in exclusion of particular food groups because they're higher in calories, such as fats. And we need fats. We need those polyunsaturated fats. Those polyunsaturated fats, we need them because our body can't manufacture them. We need to take them through food. We need our essential amino acids because our body can't make the essential amino acids. It can make proteins from the essential amino acids and it can make non-essential amino acids from the essential amino acids, but we need the essential amino acids from food. And so, yes, we have a need to consume food in order to bring us energy so that we can, you know, live a fulfilling life. We can help and serve communities 
community, help and serve our family, help and serve our friends and live a fulfilling life. We need energy from food. And when we see food for just calories, we lose that connection. That's what I didn't like or I don't really like about the counting calories for weight loss is that we lose that connection with food. We become disassociated. We see it as calories as opposed to the whole. We're not seeing it for what it is. We're just labeling it as either highly calorific or light on calories. And often the foods that are light on calories don't really sustain us for very long. So we eat more of the foods that don't sustain us and we're just consuming food all day, which isn't great for our digestive system because we need to give it a break so it can repair and rejuvenate. And so it's important to have breaks between meals as opposed to be constantly eating because you're consuming foods that are low calorific, but you need they're not giving much satisfaction. They don't have much protein. They don't have much fiber. They don't have much fat in them. So again, if we consume a whole diet, a well-balanced diet, eat it slowly and intuitively in terms of when we're hungry and we're, and when we're hungry, we're connected because we're relaxed. We're eating in a relaxed state. So set up the environment so that you're relaxed, you're ready to consume and that you digest it well. I had so many people come to me complaining about digestive discomfort or bloating. And I was asking them about when they consumed and how they consumed food. And often it was in a rush and very busy and fast. They'd eat real fast. I'd say, are you the last person in a table of friends to consume your food or you're the first? And often they're the first, right? They eat really fast. And if we, when we consume food really fast and mindlessly, what happens is it just doesn't register. And then we're thinking, oh, I'm still not satisfied. I need to eat more. And then after consuming more, after consuming larger volumes, eventually the body just goes, wow, totally wasn't expecting this, but I'm way over full. I've consumed in excess. And that's when you feel that really, that food coma feeling. You've eaten too much because you haven't eaten it connected mindfully. It hasn't, you haven't had that intuitive presence with it, the connection. And that's what we need. And food is ultimately there to nourish us. It's not there for us to judge and label and call it good or bad based on its calorific content. It's what it is. And it either serves our health goal or it doesn't take us towards our health goal. And so you want to be very clear about your health goal and what you ultimately want to achieve and then consume foods that take you towards your health goal. And that's what I do with my clients. That's ultimately what a nutritionist does is understand the client's health goal and then construct a food plan that will work for them, that will fit in with their lifestyle, that will take them towards their goals in a healthy, balanced way, as opposed to just excluding food groups based on labeling because of the calorific content. It's not good. When we exclude food groups, we create nutritional deficiencies. The last thing I want to see is, and it's often what I see, is people that are constantly dieting dieting, jumping from one diet to another, excluding food groups. They become nutritionally deficient in a particular area. And as a result of that, they have this physiological response where they're with signs and symptoms of a nutritional deficiency. So we need well-balanced diet. We need to be able to assimilate that food into our body. I also see people that have a textbook diet that because they're eating in a stressed state and always stressed, they're not assimilating their food. They're not extracting the nourishment from the food 
food. And so they're eating good foods, but it's not actually going into their body in a way. It's it's their efficiencies are really poor in terms of extracting the nourishment from that food. So if you think about it, when we're stressed, our digestive enzymes are downregulated. Our excretion of hydrochloric acid is not as good. Okay, it's impaired. It doesn't need to be good because we shouldn't be eating foods when we're stressed because ultimately the stress response is to get away from a threat or to help you to get a prey, to get something desirable so that you can survive. It's all oriented around survival. And so when our survival is under threat, last thing that our body needs is really food because it's either do or die around that threat or whether I'm going to get food in order to keep me alive. And so in that do or die state, it's not thinking about your immune health, your reproductive health or your digestive health because they don't matter if you're not going to survive. (laughs) Okay, so survival comes first. Your body will prioritize survival and it will do those other things, you you know, recreation and all that or reproduction later when you're no longer under a life threatening situation. Situation, then you can procreate, then you can replicate cells, then you can, you know, extract more nourishment and energy from food. So when we're in a stress state, we don't assimilate nourishment well. And I was mentioning that poor secretion of hydrochloric acid and the hydrochloric acid not being at the right desirable level to break down proteins. And you'll find that zinc is often bound to proteins. And so people can become quite deficient in either protein or zinc because their hydrochloric acid is not in the optimal range to break it down, to cleave it properly. Okay. And this is where this can result in indigestion digestion. This can result in having infections or a gut dysbiosis, an imbalance of bacteria, because one of the first lines of defense around our immune system is that hydrochloric environment, the hydrochloric acid environment. So microbes that don't like that low pH that can't survive in low pH will get killed by your stomach acid. But when the pH is slightly elevated because your body's not excreting enough of it to maintain that lower pH, then yes, those bugs that normally don't get into the system because of the low pH actually do get into our system and we can become more sick as a result of having inadequate stomach acid, okay? And an inadequate stomach acid can result in that, you know, food not really breaking down. It's sort of just sitting there and you feel bloated and it's fermenting too much into your, you know, in your intestines. And that simply may be because you're not chewing your food, you're not in the state to digest the food. And once you correct that by chewing your food more and being in a state to digest food, you'll find that indigestion may go away. There could be other causes of that indigestion. However, this may be resolved simply by being more mindful when you eat, eat slower, chew more, and you may probably solve your indigestion issue or your bloating issue potentially. Okay. And if it doesn't resolve when you adopt this methodology around intuitive eating, eating mindfully, then see a professional and the professional professional can do some analysis and further investigation as to why that indigestion or bloating may still be there. So I just wanted to share that in terms of making sure you're in a receptive state to consume food so that you digest it and you optimize the absorption of the nourishment, which is key. Okay, so intuitive eating. So what else can drive hunger signals? So when we're stressed and we're not coping with stress, we can go to food to turn the parasympathetic 
mode on. So parasympathetic is rest and digest mode to get it out of that fight or flight mode because we're so wound up. We then consume food to help wind us down or to help calm us down. So sometimes that inability to manage stress may be driving hunger signals. So, you know, you might feel that, oh, I'm hungry. But what you want to then think about, okay, what's driving that hunger? And when was the last time I've eaten? Like, so if you've just eaten and then you, you get hunger signals, it might be because your inability to manage the stress that you're under. And it might not really be because you're hungry. It's just your coping mechanism or helping you cope with the stress. Okay. So you want to start questioning yourself. Okay. When was the last time I've eaten? Did I have a well-balanced meal? Did I have all the macros, protein, carbohydrates, fats? Yes, it was well-balanced. Yes, I ate it slowly. Yes, I was satisfied once I finished eating it. And then if it's only an hour after you've eaten, you know, a a well-balanced and it sort of gave you a a sense of satiation, then it could be a stress driver that's driving that hunger. Or it could be that you need some water. You haven't drunken any water. Okay. And so consuming, regularly consuming water can sort of dampen those hunger signals that may be driven from that more hunger. I mean, not hunger, but the the hunger for thirst, the hunger to quench thirst. That's better. That's better put the hunger to quench thirst. Okay. So, you know, drinking water consistently in small amounts throughout the day is really important. So you stay well hydrated, eating at regular intervals. So at least meals for at least four hours apart, but make sure you're eating a well-balanced meal each time and you're eating at mindfully and that you're managing your stress between meals. And the other thing I mentioned at the start is that maybe you've been triggered from the environment and you have a positive association with that food that it brought positive experience back to you and you feel great about it and you think, oh, if I have that food, it'll bring back that feeling again. Again, that's just more neurological hardwiring, uh, you know, association of particular foods to good experiences. However, it's not really that your body needs food, okay? It's just more that. And it could be unfulfillment that's driving that stronger association to have that food in order to give some sort of fulfillment. So what you might want to do is just acknowledge, okay, I've got that trigger. It's that smell. Yes, I have that positive association with that food. I only ate an hour ago or two hours ago and I ate a good solid meal. Yeah, don't really think I'm that hungry. And then you want to think, okay, what else can I do in order to make me more feel more fulfilled in that moment? Therefore, I go back to a higher priority task that's important to me, that's important to my goal, that's taking me in the direction I want to go in. So go to a a fulfilling task that takes you and your life in the direction that you want it to go. Because boredom can also drive hunger, okay? That, oh, I'm bored. What do you do when you're bored? You eat, okay? It's it's a bit of a survival thing thinking, well, what's my purpose, okay? If I'm bored, that means I'm not doing anything fulfilling. Therefore, what's the point? And, you know, you start to question. And that that can drive that unfulfillment, which you then seek external fulfillment through having food, okay? So if you're doing boring tasks, then that can drive the unfulfillment, then you think that you need food for to get that fulfillment. But what you want to then think about is how is that task taking me towards what is fulfilling for me, which is what's important to you, what's of really high value to you? How is that task contributing to what's important to you? And if it's not contributing to what's important to you, then it's asking, well, how can I delegate this? Or do I really need to do this action? Okay. And so, and this is often a conversation I have with my clients is at night, they often get bored because they've been very 
you know, working towards, you know, goals and, and things during the day. They've done meaningful work. They've done meaningful contribution. They get home, they, they relax, and then they have dinner and often a good dinner, but then they still feel hungry after their dinner. And it's often that boredom after dinner. What do I do? There's, you know, nothing on TV or it could be the ads on TV that are driving hunger signals. And so again, it's working out what, what are these drivers? What is triggering me to feel hungry? Is it real or is it just an association or is it the advertising trying to trick me? And often in these times, all you need to do is once you realize it's not food because you've just recently eaten, then you, what you want to do is change what you're doing. Change your activity to something more fulfilling. It could be, I don't know, it could be you listening to music. It could be doing something creative that you love doing. It could be you engaging in a hobby that you love doing. It could be you engaging into some important conversation or ringing someone that you haven't spoken to that you really value that relationship. Do something more fulfilling that ultimately takes you towards the ultimate health that you want to achieve rather than staying bored and then using food to give you that temporary fulfillment, okay? So I just wanted to give a an understanding that when we have this more intuitive approach to when we're actually hungry and we actually test ourselves in terms of is it real hunger or is it has it been triggered from the environment or has it been triggered from stress or has been triggered from unfulfillment once we go through that thinking and realize no i'm stressed and and hence i'm feeling that i need this this food in order to de-stress me we'll then go to a, a more helpful more resourceful way of managing that stress so maybe go to some breathing exercises maybe get outside and just walk around a little bit listen to some music that relaxes you so do something that relaxes you in a more fulfilling way than always going to food to resolve that stress and often the 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 food doesn't resolve the stress right it just helps you manage it so why not go to something else that's that's going to also help you manage the stress that doesn't involve consuming more calories when you don't want to consume more calories because ultimately one of your goals is around some sort of weight management. So again, it's finding more resourceful ways to manage your stress, doing things that are fulfilling if you're feeling unfulfilled in that moment and getting support. If you don't know what it is and what's driving it, then an expert you can get in contact with me. I can help you identify what's triggering it and how you can better manage that trigger from within as opposed to looking for external ways to manage that trigger, such as eating excessive amounts of food in order to resolve that inner unfulfillment. So I can really help with this. Reach out. Please connect with me. And if you know of anyone that's really struggling with you know, body transformation and want to do it in a helpful way, in a resourceful way, in a fulfilling way, then please share this episode with me. I'd I'd love it to get far and wide. So because my ultimate goal is to empower and enlighten the well being of others. So I do this through this platform, educating, empowering you so that you can make better decisions. So please share it with others. And if you need further support, more tailored support around your personal needs, please reach out to me. I'd be happy to help you out. Catch me on Anthony or email me, Anthony at meandmywellness.com.au. Thanks for your ears. Thanks for tuning in to another insightful episode of Me and My Health Up.
Podcast disclaimer. This podcast and any information, advice, opinions, or statements within it do not constitute medical, healthcare, or professional advice and are provided for general information purposes only. All care is taken in the preparation of the information in this podcast. Connected Wellness Proprietary Limited, operating under the brand Me and My Health Up, does not make any representations or give any warranties about its accuracy, reliability, completeness, or suitability for any particular purpose. This podcast and any information, advice, opinions, or statements within it are not to be used as a substitute for professional, medical, psychological, psychiatric, or any other mental health care or health care in general. Me and My Health Up recommends you seek the advice of a doctor or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Inform your doctor of any changes that you made to your lifestyle and discuss these with your doctor. Do not disregard medical advice or delay visiting a medical professional because of something you hear in this podcast. This podcast has been carefully prepared on the basis of current information. Changes in circumstances after publication may affect the accuracy of this information. To the maximum extent permitted by the law, Me and My Health Up disclaims any such representations or warranties to the completeness, accuracy, merchantability, or fitness for purpose of this podcast and will not be liable for any expenses, losses, damages, incurred indirect or consequential damages or costs that may be incurred as a result of the information being inaccurate or incomplete in any way and for any reason. No part of this podcast can be reproduced, redistributed, published, copied, or duplicated in a form without prior permission of me and my health up.